Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Thanks for downloading today's podcast. It's Friday, November the 27th. Plenty more reaction to news that Kent is set to be in Tier 3 when lockdown ends next week. Now, while some parts of the county, like Swale, Thanet and Medway, have particularly high COVID infection rates at the moment, other areas are well below the national average. That's led to a bit of an east-west divide, with those in less affected towns saying it's not fair to be placed in the toughest restrictions. Among them is is Tunbridge and Morling MP Tom Tugendhat, who's calling for more localised lockdowns. So I can understand why this has been done for parts of Kent, but I don't understand why this has been done for uh, the areas uh, around Tunbridge, around Eden Bridge, around Tunbridge Wells, where our community went into lockdown at Tier 1 and somehow seems to have emerged at Tier 3. It doesn't seem to make very much sense. How concerning is that? that, that from we, We've made such a significant leap from Tier 1 to Tier 3. Well, I, I think it's extremely concerning. Look, we know that uh, businesses are on their knees at the moment because of the uh, multiple lockdowns that we've had through the year. I know what we've been seeing in our community. And frankly, it's extremely concerning uh, that we are not being looked at at boroughs, but only being treated as a single county. Look, Kent is a very large county. There's nearly 1.8, 1.9 million people in our county. And we know that you know, many parts are very different. You know, the, the, the links between Tunbridge and Ashford are, are not very close. Uh, both, both communities commute in various different ways, either locally or all the way to London. But very little commuting is cross-county, as we know. Uh, and so to see us all lumped together is extremely concerning. Do you feel for areas, as you pointed out, your constituency, for example, with areas that have much lower rates of infections than others, that, dispar- that, that disparity, that it's unfair for people in those areas to have to face such stringent measures? Well, it raises many questions, doesn't it? I mean, we've really got to see uh, the explanation and analysis behind this decision, because at the moment it doesn't make much sense. And for, for, for sectors like hospitality, accommodation, indoor entertainment, which will have to remain closed, How worried are you for those businesses in particular? Well, we know that there are many businesses uh, around the place that are really suffering. I mean, I was looking on uh, social media earlier and The Rock in Chiddingston and many other pubs and restaurants around the place have raised concerns. And I completely understand them because this is a deeply, deeply concerning moment uh, when it looks like that we're going to continue to have very severe restrictions on our freedoms. Uh, for another few weeks. What would be your message to not only your own constituents, but for for those of us in the rest of the county that will feel hard done by from this decision? Well, my first message is actually to the government, which is to look at the county properly, look at it for what it is, which is in many ways separate uh, entities within a whole, and look very carefully at those decisions and the implications of them. Uh, Because the people of West Kent, the people of Tunbridge, uh, and Edenbridge and East and West Smalling really should be seen for what they are and for, for, for where they work. You know, the travel corridors are not cr- cross-county. They are either within or they are uh, up to London, by and large, from our community. And there's very little that uh, goes in other areas. He's one of seven MPs who've written a letter to Health Secretary Matt Hancock saying the decision risks undermining public support for measures. 
Meantime, council bosses and health leaders in Kent have been holding a news conference this afternoon to update us on the situation now and what happens next. Wilf Williams is from the Clinical Commissioning Group in the county. Here's what he had to say to our reporter, Sean McPolin. Kent hospitals at the moment are under pressure. There's a very high level of activity, but they, they are coping, um, but working cooperatively and, and collectively to, to manage the pressures um, in a, a, a very effective way. And what can people do to sort of help stop these stop the pressure on the hospital? The fundamental thing that's driving the pressure on the hospitals is the rate of uh, infection of COVID in the community, which is translating to ill health. So if, if people, um, um, you know, uh, I say abide by the rules, but do the right thing uh, and, and reduce that rate of infection, that's the single most important thing that anybody can do. And we've heard a lot of talk about sort of protecting the NHS and hospitals and stopping them getting to a breaking point. So, so how, how close would you say they are to breaking point? And if our hospitals are not at breaking point. Our hospitals are working under great pressure, high levels of capacity, but we're still able to treat patients uh, in, in, a, in a safe and effective way. You can also read this story and have a say on the tier system coming into force next week at kentonline.co.uk. Kent Online News. A jury's found a man not guilty of murdering another man in Maidstone. A court heard Jamie Simmons was stabbed at a block of flats in Cambridge Crescent in the Shepway part of town in May. 29-year-old Kieran Nicholson from Vicarage Lane in East Farley has been cleared of both murder and manslaughter. A bin man has been crushed to death by his own lorry at a Kent school. Staff at Benenden School tried to help when it happened on Wednesday but were unable to save him. An investigation's been launched by the Health and Safety Executive. An inquest has heard a dad of four whose body was found in a wheelie bin at a flat in Rochester had been stabbed. Stephen Chapman's body was discovered by officers in Dells Road last month after the 38-year-old had been reported missing. An 18-year-old is due to go on trial next year, accused of murder. Two people have been arrested on suspicion of helping supply inflatable boats to people smugglers. One of them was found in Dover after being used to bring asylum seekers across the Channel. An 18-year-old woman and 20-year-old man are being questioned. Now, it's Black Friday today and we're all being urged to support local retailers in Kent ahead of Christmas. Although they'll be able to reopen next week when we come out of lockdown into Tier 3, it won't make up for months of lost trade. Many started selling on Online, but often struggled against big names like Amazon. Fallon Kelly got the keys to her new shop in Herne Bay just a day before the first lockdown. When we, I decided to open the shop, obviously everything was okay. Um, as soon as the pandemic hit, I was kind of worried because I had no, I just signed my lease. There was no getting out of it. So I've had to literally ride it, which, you know, I have been doing some stuff online, but most the walking trade is, was quite good so we have missed out on a lot we are actually the first shop to open as far as i know there's like a personalized one in harrods but apart from that we are literally one of the first personalized shops to open in kent in everywhere so i think it's we're more you know out there where everything is online but they can actually come in see what they're buying and collect it and see it there and then. And we are literally the only shop around that does it. It's, I think it's really important that they support local businesses because everyone's just trying to start up and this year hasn't been easy. So the more local people they can help, the better. And I think it also helps to keep all the shops in town or they're all gonna start dropping. There's not many shops here to be honest with you, so they don't want no more going on. 
but it won't be a town. We've also been speaking to Helen Bellany, who owns Toys and Trends in Whitstable. We think it's a fantastic idea, to be honest with you, with Black Friday being quite big. Um, online presence at the moment is absolutely huge. We do have to be a part of that. Um, by supporting, obviously, we need, the, we need to be supported locally as well for us to carry on being a thriving high street. Um, the big boys do have some big online presence, but we also have worked really hard over the last two lockdowns to be the same. We don't normally get involved. We do have a, an excellent community here uh, where we are quite highly supported. In ge we generally are, but this is a pandemic. These are different circumstances. It's totally different this year for us and for everywhere on the high streets. This has been a really tough year for us. Normally it just flows through. So you've got your Easter um, and then you go into your summer and then you go into your Christmas. This year we have had to go out there and we have to change our approach and we've had to be there for everyone. Um, we have to offer to shut our shop down to let people in that are vulnerable or key workers that haven't got time but still need to shop. That's been so important to us. But those changes have made a big difference to how we plan and our daily routine and what's important. We've definitely changed. Shop online. Uh, buy local and do the Black Friday, it's so important. You know what, it takes down the footfall, which means in, you know, um, it's the pollution, everything. It's a chance for everyone to sit back and make the most of it. Because when the shops open and they are being encouraged to come out, we want to do both. We all want to stay safe, I've got to be honest with you. But we won't be set turning anyone away from our door either. Last up, let's hear from David Moore, who runs Dice and Destiny in Canterbury. I think everyone knew we were going back into lockdown, so um, people were looking for things to do. Everyone that I spoke to was like, yeah, I'm really bored of Netflix. I'm really bored of, uh, of, of playing the same video game again and, and just doing nothing. Um, so people coming in and experiencing games uh, in a different way again. You know, we've all played Monopoly and Cluedo and things like that, but it's a lot more than that now. There's, there's a whole sort of range of modern games and you know, we're, the, the rate that new games are coming out is, is astronomical. So it's been really good just to talk to people and go, right, okay, well, you've played that before. How about a game where you're actually working together? You know, you're against the game um, and, and that sort of thing. That, that's what's been really good is sort of people coming in and, and showing new games um, and getting their feedback afterwards going, yeah, we really enjoyed that. The hardest thing was when you'd have someone in the shop and they'd look at a game and you could see them getting their phone out and using your internet and going, oh, it's a 20 quid cheap on Amazon. We'll just go and buy that. And, and then walking out and that, and that kind of hurt. Um, so we've adjusted our prices quite a lot. We've tried to be as competitive as possible. Um, I think it's great to shop local, but if something is going to be £20 more expensive, it's very hard to justify it. So we've tried to make, you know, bring our prices so that, yes, it costs us more to be here, but you know, if it's only going to cost you a few quid more or five or extra on something that's a bit more expensive, that's not so bad. My favourite moment was we had a, a, a young teenager come in that comes and plays in the store because we do post games. And he came in and he looked around for about 20 minutes, all very awkward and shy. And at the end, he walked out and he, just before he went, he came up to me and he gave me a pound and he said, that's for you because I just don't want you guys to close. I want to be able to come back to you when, when this is all over. And I, I just stopped and was like, oh, oh thank you. Yeah, okay. And, and, and that was brilliant. And it's, it's the things like that that have, have sort of made it all worth, worth keep going. Kent Online News.
An Ashford barber has avoided being sent to prison because of an outbreak of coronavirus at a Sheppey jail. Almost 100 inmates have tested positive at HMP Elmley on the Isle of Sheppey. A 24-year-old pleaded guilty to wounding a colleague, but a judge said considering his previous good character and the circumstances at the prison, he would hand down a suspended sentence instead. A Hythe family have spoken about the devastating fire that destroyed their home in the hope that it'll get more of us checking our smoke alarm. The blaze broke out at the property off Sandling Road earlier this month. Bronte Circum was asleep at the time. I just remember opening my door into complete darkness and then all of a sudden my dad grabbed my arm. After what felt at the time like forever, we managed to get onto into your bedroom, which is on the back of the house, and we shut the door behind us and, and, it, and it was... It was broad daylight and it just goes to show how disorientating a fire is because in my room it was broad daylight, landing pitch black where you've got this fire like developing and then in their bedroom it was totally clear again. Her dad David says they're hoping something positive can come out of what happened. I, I mean, I've had lots of comments via Facebook with people that have said to me uh, what they've done as a result of our fire and it, it's actually really heartened us to hear that we might be actually doing some, some good maybe coming out of this. Uh, um, one, one of our friends in the village has said that they've actually sat down with their children and worked out a, uh, an escape route if ever there was a, a fire. A mum has raised concerns about the rollout of e-scooters across Canterbury after being knocked down by one. Pauline Ilford suffered a broken arm and leg when she was hit on St Thomas's Hill. A 12-month trial of e-scooters launched just a week before the crash for uni students on restricted routes. At kentonline.co.uk you can see new drone pictures of a lorry park being built near the M20 in Ashford. It's so HGVs can park up if there are delays crossing the channel after the Brexit transition period ends. When complete, it'll have space for 1,700 trucks and is due to open on January the 1st. Meantime, part of the M20 is going to be closed this weekend while a new footbridge is installed. It'll be shut in both directions between Junction 3 for the M26 and Junction 4 for Leybourne from 8 this evening until 6 on Monday morning. And finally today, the Margate Film Festival gets under way and like many events this year it's going to be virtual. More than 50 films from all over the world will be featured over the next few days. This year's event is called Staying Afloat and we've been speaking to Kate Williams who's creative director of the festival. This year we've um, we've expanded our programme quite a lot. We're showing a lot more um, international films um, given that uh, usually we're in quite small venues and people can't see the subtitles on the screen. Um, so uh, we've got a, a selection of films that you can't really see anywhere else, um, including um, one of our top picks, which is uh, Rose Plays Julie, um, which is an Irish psychological thriller um, about a young woman trying to find her biological mother. Um, this is your first time to see that film before it comes out in the cinema next spring. Um, so you can get ahead of the crowds and see that one. Um, we've got um, a fantastic locally shot uh, feature called Hurt by Paradise, which um, is definitely one for anyone who's a fan of the likes of Woody Allen, Catherine Ryan. Um, and you get to play um, Spot Walpole Bay Hotel in that one, which is um, one of our audience favourites in every film festival. How important do you think is film right now, that a form of escapism for people, particularly in, in Kent at the moment, at least still being able to access films from home and this film festival as well, having that opportunity? Usually we would say that the festival is an opportunity for people 
um, locally to be able to connect with films that are um, not really available in your local cinemas. Um, so for us being online and being able to engage with this at home, we hope is really an opportunity for people to, to access something that's a little bit different from Netflix. Um, and it's probably what everyone is doing every single day is you're going um, straight to Netflix or you're watching stuff that's on demand. Um, and so we're bringing films which, um, which you can't watch online really anywhere. Um, and we're offering them for, for prices which are more affordable than what you would pay in the cinema. We think that the power of these films um, are not just entertainment, but we've also got films that have really strong educational messages and political messages. Kent Online Sport. Football and it's a break from the league for Gillingham this weekend as they go in the second round of the FA Cup. They're welcoming Exeter City to Priestfield after beating Woking 3-2 in their opening game of the competition. The Jules have seen an improvement in form in the league recently and striker Dominic Samuel says they're all feeling pretty confident. Firstly, I have no doubt in my head that it, it will be like an easy game or whatever. I know it's going to be a hard game because, you know, like you said, when we played against Woking, even though they are in a lower league than Exeter, you know, they still made it a, a tough game for us. And, you know, any team that's that's in this uh, cup competition at the moment will, will not make it easy for any team, really. So going into this game, you know, it's, we're not going to be thinking, you know, that a team, a league below, we're going to take it lightly. We've got to take it like it's a proper league game and like we're playing like a top team in the league. So, you know, um, if we go with that mindset as well, I'm sure we'll have no doubt into getting into the next round. Personal, I don't really like to look at other teams. I always like to know that the team that we've got, and, you know, if you was to go through our squad and see the players that we've got, you know, some people from the outside in will be looking at the players that we've got and be thinking, yeah, this team can go all the way. So, you know, yeah, they might have, you know, produced like quite a lot of players, but I feel like the squad that we've got, we can still, you know, hurt teams no matter what team they are. You know, really, that's where people say the third round, that's where it kicks in, you know, because like you said, you've got the Premier League teams and stuff, but... You know, I think we would like to play if we do get to the third round, which I have all confidence we will. And, you know, I would like to test ourselves against maybe a championship team or, you know, a premiership team just to see how far off we are or if we're far off, you know. So it's always like a challenge. In, in our heads that we would want to look at it. Kick-off tomorrow is at one. Don't forget to follow Kent Online Jules on Twitter for match updates. Well, that's it for today, but you can also subscribe to the IM News app to get access to all of KM Group's newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.